0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. These past few weeks, we've been studying the book of Psalms. In today's message, Pastor Steve Kramer will lead us in a study of Psalm 19 with our message entitled, God is not hiding. Please stay with us.
1: How can a person get to know the immortal, invisible God that we sing about in our hymn? And how can we come to know his will for us? Stay with us today and find out. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty everlasting God, ruler of heaven and earth, we praise you for your glory. We thank you for your word of life. During our time together, Today, may you be blessed in our worship, and may we be reawakened once again to your grace and truth. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Dear friends, within every human soul, there is a longing for God, a longing to get close to God, to know God and know of God and his will for one's life. Augustine once eloquently said, My soul is restless until it rests in Thee. So, where can a person find out about God? How does God reveal Himself to us? We sing in that hymn, for instance, that He's immortal and invisible, the God only wise, whose light is inaccessible and hid from our eyes. He seems so hidden. Well, Psalm 19 tells us God's not hiding. He has made himself known and continues to make himself known to us. The writer David marvels and rejoices in this psalm at God's ways of revealing himself to us so that we can get to know him. There are three stanzas to this song. In the first stanza, David points us to the beauty and wonder of nature. He says the magnificent creation testifies of God who made and continues to maintain it. The focus here is not on all of nature, but on the heavens, the sky. He writes, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Glory meaning the power, wisdom, and greatness. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. God's witness to himself has three characteristics. It's continual. Day after day, night after night. It gives its witness, David writes. Second, it's abundant. It pours out speech. And the image of the word here used is an image of a gushing spring, fresh and new every day. It's visual and universal. With sight instead of sound, their message penetrates to the very ends of the earth about the glory and reality of God. The sun is described as a major spokesman to the praise of God, using dramatic imagery of a bridegroom leaving his chamber, or an athlete running its daily course across the sky so that nothing is hidden from its heat. The first stanza has been described as a general revelation of God. Nature is telling the glory of God to all, giving praise and witness to the designer so that all can see. The Apostle Paul talks of this general revelation in Romans, pointing out that human beings cannot therefore plead ignorance of God since he never ceases to give revelation of himself to all people everywhere in what he has made. Sue Monk Kidd, a Christian writer, tells this story. One August night, my children dragged me to the backyard to watch a meteor show in the sky. I reluctantly joined them, thinking I have so many details to tend to before we leave on vacation. I don't have time for such idleness. Suddenly, golden fireballs streaked across the blackness. God made this, I whispered. It was a rare moment, not because of the sight, but because I stepped beyond my familiar world into one of wonder and described the Creator in the midst. Could it be... God filled the world with such beauty to lift people like me away from our obsession with details, to touch our lives with a magnificent awareness of himself. David would say, and and Paul would say, amen to that. In the next stanza, verses 7 through 11, David moves on from the beauty and wonder of nature to the beauty and wonder of scripture. God's supreme revelation of himself is The Torah, the law, Old Testament scripture, revealing God's greatness, goodness, and God's ways and God's will for his people. It helps us to know what pleases this God who has rescued us. David says it expresses the will of one you want to please so we know what to do for him. Jesus one time said the same sort of thing as the disciples tried to give him lunch. He said, My food is to do the will of my Father, to to, to live out the word of God. The songwriter says obedience is not about earning his favor, but it's a way of expressing our love for the God who has shown us favor. By the way, God's name changes in this section in the way is referred to. In the first stanza, he's called El, which means God of creation. In this second stanza, he uses the name Yahweh, That's a covenant name when God rescued and made Israel his own people and gave them his commandments. So in the second stanza, he describes the beauty of Yahweh's word, the Bible. It's perfect like God, David says. It's sure like God. It's right like God. It's pure like God. It's clean like God. It's enduring like God. It's true like God and then he lists the wonderful things that the bible can do for the person it revives the soul david said there's life-giving power and vitality for the individual when we open god's word it makes wise the simple it teaches those of us who are open to it how life works best it rejoices the heart of a person as it reveals god and his love for us and brings joy to our lives as we read of forgiveness." And get direction. It cleanses us as it convicts us of our sinfulness and brings about repentance in God's mercy. It enlightens the eyes. It helps us to see the truth about God. By its commands, we are warned, dangers are avoided. It brings reward, assurance, and character growth. David says. And then he declares that this Bible is the most valuable thing a person could ever have. It's more desired than gold, even much fine gold. If you have a choice between the word of God and gold, choose the word of God. If you have a choice between fine gold and the word of God, choose the word of God. The benefits of knowing and doing the word of God are greater than all that money can buy. And it's sweeter than the finest honey in the world. In other words, it's something to be delighted in. John Piper, who is a terrific Bible scholar and preacher of the gospel, once said something very profound about the value of God's word and how opening it can help us. He says, God understands you better than anyone else. He knows how people get to the way they are and how they are affected by the surroundings. God understands societies and groups perfectly. God knows all facts about how the world works, knows the future and how everything will come out in the end. God is wiser than any wise writer. God is more caring than any counselor. God is more creative than any poet or artist. It simply stands to reason that what God says in his word will be more useful to us than what anyone else in the universe has to say. Not to sit at his feet and soak our minds with his wisdom is sheer craziness, if not suicidal. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. In regard to the Old Testament, Jesus said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And then there's the Apostle Paul's last instructions to Timothy in 2 Timothy. He says, you keep reading and preaching the word of God to your people. He says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It was a word of God, you know, that awakened Martin Luther and brought about the life-changing reformation, the history-changing reformation. He was So convinced that reading it was so important that he translated it from Latin into the vernacular of his day so the common person could read it. The blood of many has been sacrificially poured out in history to get the word of God into people's hands. Why? Because it's so valuable for the human soul. It revives it. It gives life and direction that we cannot find elsewhere. God reveals himself and his will for us in his perfect Word, And so we're being told here by David, the Bible is not something to be treated as a trifle in our lives. It's to be opened and read and studied and meditated upon and put to work in our daily living. It's valuable. Now the psalm ends with a prayer. The psalmist now gets personal. Some surmise that this last stanza is about uh, the psalmist having reflected upon the glory and perfection of God's creation and his word, he seems to now have a sense of sinfulness. It's been evoked in him, and he's seeking forgiveness for his past sins and protection from future rebelliousness against God. Like the creation in the Word, he wants to stand before God without blemish. He desires to walk innocently before God. Perhaps that's correct. Another thought, though, is perhaps keeping in line with the song. These are words of surrender, as he's submitting himself to reading Scripture with a humble spirit. He humbles himself before God, and he says, God, in your word, show me my sins and forgive me. Show me your ways in your word so I can walk innocently before you. Because when push comes to shove, Lord, I want the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight, because you're my rock and you are my redeemer. David could be saying, as I study a word, may it come to pass that my words and thoughts from now on would forever be pleasing to you, Lord. I want my life to give you glory. It's a great song. Christian writer C.S. Lewis calls this psalm the greatest poem in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world finally, of course, David would have added another stanza had he been around long enough for years later to see another revelation. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? God ultimately has revealed Himself in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Gospel writer John announced in chapter 1 of his Gospel, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of Luke tells us that that the multitude of angels in the heavens at Christ's birth were declaring the glory of God as a witness to the shepherds in their fields. And John ends his chapter 1, By saying, no one has ever seen God. The only Son who is at the Father's right hand, He has made Him known. Jesus has made known God. He has made known His redeeming love. As this Son of God was born into this world walked in perfect obedience to his heavenly father, living the perfect life, then giving that life up at a cross to pay for the sinfulness of you and me, promising that all who place their trust in him shall have eternal life and know God personally and one day see him face to face. He so loved the world, this God, that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, if you want to know God, the immortal, invisible God, he's not hiding from us. He wants us to know him. I encourage you then to not only enjoy the sunsets and the sunrises, but to do yourself, or should I say, let God do a favor for you. Show his unmerited favor when you ask Jesus Christ into your life to rescue you and lead you for the rest of your life. And then open his word which is much more valuable than the finest gold and let him speak into your life. You won't regret this. You'll be more than glad that you opened your life to him and his word. God bless you in your walk with Christ and his holy word. May it speak loudly into your life and bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you have caused your holy scriptures to be written for the nourishment and restoration and guidance of your people. Thank you for providing a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight O Lord, our rock and redeemer, amen. As you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to let God show his unmerited favor in your life and hear him speak through his word, which is more valuable than the finest gold. As a nonprofit ministry, Christian Crusaders depends on the generosity of its listeners to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Please consider, if you are able to do so, a gift to help us in this mission. Some listeners have joined our GEM or Gift Every Month Club, they make a regular monthly gift in any amount. If you would like to become a Gem Club member, please call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH or 1-888-693-2484. Gifts may also be directed to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. All gifts are tax deductible. Christian Crusaders is dedicated to changing our world with the life-changing message of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. As part of that mission, we earnestly desire your prayers for this ministry and urge you to share your concerns with us so we may lift you up in prayer as well. You can find a prayer request form on our website under the Is This For Me link. All concerns are kept confidential. If you would like to receive a CD or printed copy of today's program, by mail, please call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH or 1-888-693-2484. You can also write us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Copies are available free of charge, however a gift of any amount to help defray production and mailing costs, are always appreciated. We are pleased you were able to worship with us, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Today's program has been led by our speaker, Rev. Steve Kramer, pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously for the past 80 years.